93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. This city is my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable. Fred Perry, glad to have you along with us this weekend. Uh, we got a great show planned for you. We are going to be talking with the two founders, the co-founders of the St. Raymond Society. And maybe you've heard about the St. Raymond Society. They're a relatively new organization, but they are sort of making waves. And uh, we're going to tell you why during this program. But uh, very pleased to welcome uh, the co-founders, uh, Mike Hinches. Uh, Mike, good morning. Great good, to have you here. Good morning, Fred. Thanks for having us. Uh, and uh, Steve Smith. Is that your real name, Steve? It is, Fred. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> it's great to have you here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the St. Raymond Society, uh, kind of the history of it, but let's start with your backgrounds. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, my understanding is is that you're a Jeff City boy, is that right? That's correct. Okay, tell yes. us about your background and, and kind of how you ended up at the St. Raymond Society. Uh, well, uh, after being born and raised in Jefferson City, I, I ended up at uh, the University of Missouri, where I graduated in 97 with uh, a degree in plant science, and I kind of got into a, a career path. Uh, I wanted to go into golf course management. Mm-hmm. That led way to uh, starting my own uh, irrigation company, which gave way to uh, merging with a commercial grounds provider here in Columbia called mm-hmm. Columbia Landcare. And running parallel with my time with Columbia Landcare, um, St. Raymond Society was, was born, and um, kind of grew as I grew with Columbia Landcare until I uh, left that position at the beginning of 2020 and went to go work for St. Raymond's full-time as it needed more of my attention yeah. at that moment. Uh, we've talked before on this program. You left a great paying job to uh, uh, basically just uh, go out on the limb and, and start uh, a, a not-for-profit. Uh, Steve, let's talk about your background. Where'd you grow up and, and uh, how did you end up uh, in this spot with 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 uh, Mike. Sure, Fred. I uh, grew up in Rolla, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduated from high school there. I went to the University of Central Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, met my wife there. Been married for almost 40 years and uh, have raised a family. I've been in the insurance and financial services world since 1983. And St. Raymond's came about um, having met Mike on a uh, retreat weekend um, almost 20 years ago now. Um, and we were meeting weekly mm. uh, just to talk about life and, yeah. and different issues and mm-hmm. Mike brought this idea that he had been having to the table and uh, I have a bad habit Fred of saying let's go do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to be careful with that that's yeah. for sure yeah uh, as uh uh, Mike says, I was having thoughts about this idea that we're not going away. So uh, <laughs> you were quick to offer, jump in and, and uh, uh, push him. And, and so you two co-founded the St. Raymond Society. Tell us, uh, Mike, what does the St. Raymond Society do? Um, so the St. Raymond Society exists to support um, new mothers, uh, primarily those that face unplanned pregnancies. Mm-hmm. We convey our support, which uh, we focus on helping the woman after the child's born and helping them uh, reach a life of Mm self-sufficiency. So we know the best way to help them is to help them get on their own two feet. So whatever obstacles are in the way, 
we we help remove those and and coach her to to that life to where she can make it on her own and a stable life for her and her children. Tell me what led you to believe that there was a need for something like this uh, in our community. Well, about that twenty year ago, Mark, that uh, Steve was mentioning, I went on a uh, I was asked to go to Washington D.C. Um, to help chaperone um, buses full of kids uh, for the annual March for Life. And it was coming back um, from that trip the first time I went um, where I just was thinking about the issue at hand and and I could see uh, for those women who face unplanned pregnancies, I could see in the communities support and help for them during their pregnancies, but I didn't, I couldn't see and I was wondering is there anybody that's there to help them after the baby get, is born, which mm-hmm. we all know is when the going gets tough. Yeah. And I, I thought to myself, I hope somebody gets something started to help in that area. And that's when the first thought came to me, how about you, Mike? Yeah. And um, yeah. Well, I'm sure our listeners are saying, well, what has this got to do with business? Because uh, this is the CEO Roundtable show. But but uh, if you pay a close attention to the, uh, the, the newspapers uh, in the last few weeks, uh, the St. Raymond Society... Um, founded by you and Steve, uh, took a very bold leap of faith and purchased the Ronald McDonald House uh, here in Columbia. That is really less than 10 years old. Is that correct? That's correct. I yeah. believe it is eight years old now. Okay. And we're, and we're talking about, I'm assuming we're talking about millions of dollars. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is. And it is a little bit of a leap of faith. But every time we have stepped out in faith, God has always provided us solid ground to land on, so uh-huh. we're, we're counting on that in this case as well. <laughs> yeah. It is a bold move. Uh, Steve, uh, kind of with, with your business background, uh, when you um, – uh, there's the dream and then there's reality. So uh, how tell me how you sort of uh, – uh, what was your perspective about buying the Rainbow the, – uh, the Ronald McDonald House? Uh, I was – 100% for it when I found out it was for sale. Right, right, okay. <laughs> we had had some plans. So of, you're the enabler. Well, I am. <laughs> um, we, we had some plans of, of possibly uh, building a facility, and um, we work very closely with other organizations in Columbia, and I happen to be over at our friends from uh, Love Columbia, mm-hmm. visiting with a couple of the uh, employees there when one of them mentioned, hey, did you know the Ronald McDonald House was for sale? And yeah. I'm like, I did not know that, and yeah. immediately called Mike, and we got in it, and two weeks later, we had a deal. Oh, that's amazing. The Ronald McDonald people were awesome to work with, um, very thankful Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know what a treasure they are in our community as yeah. well. Um, but that from a from a business standpoint, um, that you mentioned, we also uh, are looking to replicate what we're doing here in Columbia and be able to take this to other communities. We've been able to do some of that, but but once we get established and get moved in here, one of our our ongoing themes too is to go to other communities and help them start this as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, the Ronald McDonald House. Uh, it took them years to raise the money to build that house, and that was a big community endeavor. They are moving, uh, not necessarily by choice, but because the Women's and Children's Hospital, the Children's Hospital, has moved on to the Mizzou campus at, uh, off Keene Street. And so it's important for them to uh, be close to the Children's Hospital because that's really the role they play. And so they are... Uh, making plans right now to build a new Ronald McDonald House. What is the square footage of, of the Ronald McDonald House that you bought? Do you have any idea? Do you I, guys know? I don't know the exact square footage. Um, um, no, I, I know it's got 18 bedrooms. Yes. So wow. we're going to be able to really expand yeah. our services. And, yeah. of course, then um, 
one of the things that we really loved about it, it's got a large kitchen, um, you know, library, conference rooms, yep. meeting rooms. Um, yeah, the community kitchen was a great selling point for us because that's really fits in well with our program to bring these ladies into community. That is as much part of their healing process mm-hmm. as anything. I think other people who are looking at the home didn't like that feature, but that fit us perfectly. Yeah, it's it's interesting for for people that don't know where the Ronald McDonald House is. Tell tell our listeners where where that is here in Columbia. It's it's off of Keene Street, which is a you know a, a medical uh, plaza row, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's it's on Lansing, which is behind um, which is off of Keene Street. So yep. kind of uh, sets behind the hospital. Correct, right. sets yeah. behind the current Women's and Children's Hospital, right. and it's the location is just great for us it's a nice building it really is oh, it's I, you beautiful. Know, it uh, leads into a, a subdivision back uh back behind it there's a, a subdivision and, and it's really uh, it's a nice neighborhood and and uh a great location for for what you guys are doing right and ronald mcdonald uh staff and and volunteers have just taken uh, impeccable care of it it mm-hmm. is just a, a tremendous facility and we are over the moon excited about it yeah help our listeners understand uh maybe what a woman is going through when she has an unplanned pregnancy uh a lot of people are thinking to themselves well why doesn't she just stay home with her parents uh or why doesn't she just get married to the guy who who is the father of the baby uh talk right. about some of the circumstances that you all encounter sure that was probably one of the most eye-opening things when we started working uh you know, especially in the what we call the comedy years when Steve and I, it was just us two going to work meet with these women and trying to tell them we know what they're going through because right. we couldn't relate. But um, we work off of referrals from the um, local pregnancy resource centers and other like agencies. I think now we, we take referrals from up to 24 different agencies. Wow. But when we, when we meet with these ladies, the ones who are in this situation but have loving uh, families or the fathers in the picture, those are not the ones who find their way to our doorsteps. Mm-hmm. It's the one that don't have the, the support of the father. Uh, in most cases, up to 90%, the father's not in the picture. Um, and then when they turn to their family, and because of dynamics there they're not getting the support they need from their family either or they just had a, a an upbringing that they have had to separate from their from their family unit they're kind of stuck and, and alone and mm-hmm. and oftentimes when they find their way to us the the pregnancy is sometimes the least of their problems but everything else that they're kind of carrying with them is are the, those are the obstacles we really have to work through to help them get to that place of stability. So mm-hmm. they, they've definitely walked different roads um, than we have, and we just have to meet them where they're at mm-hmm. and love them and, and hopefully someday get the opportunity to explain to them why why are we doing this. Yeah. Let me ask you both as, as businessmen. Uh, you know, I, Mike, I sort of always marveled, and we talked about it the last time we were on the program, uh, about the fact that you can walk away from a very successful business and, and uh, launch an effort like this. But I guess what I'm trying to understand now is, is what does that tipping point look like when, uh, you see a problem in the community and then all of a sudden you decide that you're going to deal with it, that you're going to take some ownership, you're going to be intentional about addressing this problem in the community. What what does that tipping point look well, like? It, for me, it was gradual because, like I said, I, that thought that we spoke of earlier, that wasn't me having a thought and going to Steve the next day and saying I'm having this thought. That thought bounced around in my head for probably eight years. Mm-hmm. When I realized it wasn't going away, I made mention of it to my wife, who was supportive. I made mention of it to our small group, which Steve mentioned. And when he said 
you know, I'll help you. That was the support that I needed to to take a, a leap of faith, at least that first step to start something. And I really thought we'll get something going. It might fizzle. We might help a couple uh, mothers a year, but I never saw it growing into what it is today. Uh, I, I I had thoughts of we would really benefit from having a house. Um, but I thought a, a house is a 10-year down-the-road idea. Uh, and then that was in 2010 when we started. In 2012, God said, here's a house in Jeff City uh, for you. In 2014, here's a house in Columbia. In 2016, here's a house in Rollo. Uh, we'd like for you to get going. And, oh, yeah, we'd like for you to start one out in San Francisco, California, <laughs> huh. uh, which is yeah. a unique story in itself. Really? Wow. So it yeah. has just, from just that little... The tipping point was just a little step in faith, and then God said, "If you just give me a little bit, let me show you what what I can do." And and it's just been trying to hang on to the rope for the ride since then. And then now it's just it kind of comes from a stand. I didn't really want to do this, but once we stepped out in faith and and it started taking shape, it was pretty. It was easier at that point to to jump on board and say, "Let's let's do this." Yeah. And- Fred, one of the things, too, that I'd add to that is when Mike and I first started talking about it, the idea of the house came up, but we had nothing. It was just really two guys sitting in a restaurant talking. And so we came to the decision, well, let's just go try to help. Let's go around the community and get resources that want to help these women. Mm -hmm. And we just started going to places. We found guys that would fix cars. We found people that would work on plumbing. We, Mm -hmm. you know, and just went around and gathered all these resources. And then we would go to the um, community outreach places and they would call us if they had somebody that that might need help and we would just show up and they'd say what do you guys do and we're like well what does the woman need and they're like no 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 what do you do and we're like seriously what does she need that's what we do yeah and it really started that simple and you know as grand as the um home we're moving into is sometimes it's just a little thing uh one of our first clients that we had we were called to meet and um we asked the there, the guy was in the picture, so we asked the couple, you know, what's going on? Why why even this decision making process? And and the lady was like, well, we don't have propane, and it was like November. They were headed wow. into the winter, uh, couldn't afford it. He didn't yeah. have a job, so Mike and I just told them both, look, we'll fill your propane tank today. Mm-hmm. You're going to have heat. Yeah. And then Mike helped him find a job, and we stayed with them. Um, and then later that spring, we got a text message one morning that said, thanks for all you did. Here she is. We couldn't have done it without you. And there's this wow. picture of this baby girl. Yeah, and it was cool. that small. Yeah. So to your point, when you see something and you try to go to find an answer for it, it doesn't have to start as this giant venture. Yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. times it's just starting small and see yeah. where it goes. Uh, less than a minute here, but Mike, what was at risk making that decision to go from full-time gainful employment to to uh, more than full-time running this uh, not-for-profit? Mm. Uh, the risk was uh, financial in nature. It was reputation in nature. What, you know, mm-hmm. this is not, this is not what normal people do it wasn't a decision you made lately <laughs> no no uh, no, yeah. no that it was it was hard to get it started but then when it was 2019 and 
and I'm feeling this call to move into it full time. Yeah. Um, it was just a lot of things weighing into that decision. When we come back to this break, we'll continue our conversation with Mike Henches and Steve Smith from the St. Raymond Society. We'll talk about their other locations and uh, what it's going to take to uh, move into that Ronald McDonald house here in Columbia. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm your host, Fred Perry. This is Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Uh, Glad that you have tuned in. We are visiting with two pretty amazing guys, Mike Hentges and Steve Smith. They are the founders of the St. Raymond Society. As you heard during the first segment, they are... They recently signed a deal to purchase the Ronald McDonald House and uh, a, a literal leap of faith in many respects, but also uh, a metaphorical one. But it is um, it's happening. And uh, I, w- I want to ask about the 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 women who show up on your doorstep, the women that you are serving. Uh, are they late term pregnancies? Have they just had their baby? When do you typically see these women? Typically, um uh, I would say 50% of the time they're still pregnant, and uh-huh. it would be any stage of their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times when they show up, they've already had the child, and that's great. That's that's where we, that's why that's why we're here. Is mm-hmm. and and we qualify as a maternity home, but really it's it's a post maternity home because I think a lot of maternity homes kind of have a line drawn when the baby's six months old, they have to move out. That's that's we're we're there uh, through that time. We're, we're can work with women with children up to five years of age mm-hmm. um so they are typically i'd say in most cases they they have the baby on their arms mm-hmm. versus in the womb so you have homes right now in columbia jefferson city rolla those are the columbia and jefferson city are the ones that are underneath our umbrella okay um i'll let steve yeah. talk about the other ones that yeah the helped. other two we helped create oh, okay uh, and we like for the for the operation to be local mm-hmm. so we we go in and we help them get started yeah. share our playbook ideas yeah uh, but you know each community can have its own you know quirks and in, in the way that they want to do things and and we support that so yeah. if we can help them get started that's really where uh that's where we shine and and we stay with them for a, a period of time as well we um you know we worked with Rolla for a couple three years and in California for over a year yeah um before they were able to to take off on their own so so uh speaking of quirks uh what tell me about the house in San Francisco what's that like that was pretty amazing story as well it uh one of the people that worked with us from from St. Raymond's who was a volunteer actually moved out there and this house was on a church property uh, and they were um, courting her husband to come there to to uh, work at the school. Mm. And she said, hey, if we come out here, I want that house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were using it for administration. Yeah. And, and she shared with them what she wanted to do. And they were all for it. So wow. they were able to, uh, again, it's California. So they were able to do some pretty cool things. They had uh, somebody from a, uh, the DYI network actually came and, and remodeled it for him in a day. Oh, you know, did one of those right? one of those house flips, yeah, house flips, and yeah. Um, but yeah, they they've been operating since 2016 uh, or no, they, 18. I think they were under our umbrella in 16, and then in yeah. 18, the church uh, school took it over as part of their mission. So they took on the financial uh, responsibility of it. So they changed the 
name at that point from St. Raymond's Home to Hope Home, and they're still off and going. So it's yeah. a St. Raymond's-like program, and that kind of that and Rolla kind of helped create the model of this is how we can spread this thing, um, focus our areas in Central Missouri, uh, kind of create the the playbook, the model, and then help these other communities replicate. And since then, we've talked to uh, someone in St. Louis, and they're interested in starting. Uh, something similar so we're going to help them get going they've already got their 501c3 but anybody who got their 501c3 going right before covid now is kind of struggling so we're trying to help them along (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, and we're lucky to be established you know yeah so how how does it all work financially uh uh, what you know providing these services uh I would assume has to be expensive. We really never talked about the number of women that you're serving at any given time. Uh, so the existing facility you have here in Columbia, what, what's your what's we, your we can capacity? Hold, yeah, we can hold four mothers and their children in our Columbia home, uh-huh. and the same for the Jeff City home. So we can work with eight residential clients at a time. Mm-hmm. We also work with women in the community who need our program but don't necessarily need a place to stay. So at any given time, we're probably working with fifteen to twenty women. Yeah, wow. Uh, in two. 2018, we just passed the the benchmark of 500 mothers served um, towards wow. self sufficiency. Yeah. Um, but you know, we are. Um, you said, how do we do this with finance and everything? And you talk about business side. We we have to run this like a business, even though it's a nonprofit. We mm-hmm. we treat it like a business. We have to be efficient uh, and good stewards of the donation uh, dollars that uh, donors are giving to us to to fulfill our mission. So we just want to put that money to the best use we can Mm -hmm. so you're relying mostly on donations 100 really okay so you're not getting any kind of uh federal subsidies or anything like that no we we tried to get uh, in the past some grants and (laughs) we don't help um as we say we don't help two thousand people an inch deep uh a year we help 20 people a mile deep Uh, and we don't touch the numbers that grants like to see in most cases so yeah we really rely on that private dollar Mm -hmm. yeah the one place where we do get help fred though is with missouri state tax credits Mm -hmm. we do qualify for tax credits and um they did a nice job for maternity homes uh, by passing a statute that Mm -hmm. goes into effect in july of this year where uh, you get a 70 percent credit for any donation to maternity homes, and they also um, made the credits unlimited. So uh, wow, people have, terrific. yeah, they, yeah, they're taking this seriously. Yeah, and that's that'll a, help that's with your, uh, help. yeah, that'll help with your Ronald McDonald House, I would guess. Absolutely, it, it, yeah. it definitely comes at a good time. Yeah. Uh, for the capital campaign, which we're going to kick off middle yeah. of this year. So if uh, uh, help me do the math here, uh, if somebody donates, uh, let's just keep the numbers simple, somebody donates $1,000 uh, maybe there's a minimum for the, what you have to donate to get the tax credit but but how would a 70% tax credit uh, factor in financially to a $1,000 donation? Sure, they'd get $700 as a straight credit right mm-hmm. off of um, the They're, bottom line. Whatever they owe. Whatever they owe yeah. and then the other 30% is still deductible both at the state and federal level so there would be that deduction for the three hundred dollars wow. as well so there wow. would be you know whatever their tax rate yeah. is i mean depending upon the their federal tax bracket uh those donations they can usually get 80 percent back you know yeah through through tax savings through, through a 70 so credit. that really yeah. accelerates yeah. the giving for us oh i bet it does uh when will you start doing that have you started doing that already or well now right now we qualify for a 50 percent state tax credit and we've we've had that um uh, uh, blessing from the state uh, for the last 10 years mm-hmm. but uh, so we do that now but we do as Steve said we have a limited uh, 
allocation of tax credit. So we run at fifty percent. At fifty percent, yeah, right. it's going to go to seventy percent, and our pie is going to become unlimited. Yeah. So we can nothing like unlimited pie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good thing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we won't have it? to advertise if you know while supplies last. We'll yeah. be able to say our tax credits are unlimited. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And that uh, legislation goes into effect? July 1, July 1. 2022. Okay. Yep. Well, that's fantastic. What a, what a nice little boost that'll be. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, when you, do, what can you share with me, numbers-wise, about the Ronald McDonald House? What, what's it going to take to uh, – are you going to have to do any kind of rehab? Are you, is, it, or is it ready to move into? It's ready day one. Okay. I mean, that's the, that's the biggest blessing is not only is the facility um, ready day one, they are leaving all the furniture – um, all the appliances, everything. So it will literally be ready day one. Possibly in the rooms, we're going to have to add a little bit of closet and storage space, but that can probably be freestanding furniture we'll be able mm-hmm. to purchase. And we'll have to remove one of the twin beds from each, or uh, queen size beds from each room and put in a, a crib and a toddler bed. So whatever our guest needs, should, yeah. the, the bedding will be uh, sufficient. So so, but other than getting those cribs and toddler beds in place, um, we're ready to move in yeah. January. Do you, uh, are you planning to do a capital campaign? Are you planning to do anything in, in relation? Steve, talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fred, we've, we've got some financing available to us. Obviously, we, we went out and worst case scenario, hey, you know, we've got this amount of money. If we don't raise anything, can we get financing from a traditional source? And we can, but we don't want to have to use that. And we think we can raise the money. Um, in this year to, if not pay for all of it, to, to pay the large majority of it. Our donors have been fantastic, and um, we're very thankful for that. We're looking to raise about $6 million. Hmm. And, um, wow. again, we've got a good percentage of it uh, in the bank, but we don't ha- want to use it if we don't have to yeah. and don't want to have to use, you know, hopefully not have to finance. So, uh, But we will be kicking off um, here soon mm-hmm. uh, a campaign. Uh, to raise about six million, right? To the to the speaking to the tax credits, we don't want to get started too soon and then tell people, well, I know you want to donate, but wait till July first because yeah. it'll be uh, more advantageous for you. So we'll yeah. probably be kicking off sometime in June. Yeah, and that yeah, that six million dollars sounds a little scary, but. I guess we should be scared, but we're not. We're not. <laughs> Good for you. That's great. <laughs> you know, there's a, a national effort based out of Jefferson City called the Vitae Society, and, and mm-hmm. uh, they bring a big speaker to Columbia every year. Uh, but they really have not partnered with you at this point. It's, you, you guys share a similar mission for the most part, but they're not really financially supporting you. Yeah. Well, the work that Vitae does is amazing mm-hmm. um, in the research and what they, what they do to support pregnancy resource centers. And we view it as a, a relay race. They really get the race kicked off and do an excellent job of communicating that message to abortion-minded women. Hey, here's something for you to think about. And then that gets the women to the pregnancy resource centers, which are the second leg of the tripod, uh, we say. And they do an amazing work on the front line. But then, kind of before St. Raymond's, that tripod was a little wobbly. What happens after the baby's born? And that's where we think St. Raymond's creates that third leg of the tripod or the third leg of the race that's so needed. Um, so we feel it kind of as a, a partnership with them, um, but we're kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of working with the women. Columbia and Mid-Missouri has no shortage of not-for-profits, not-for-profits charitable organizations, so forth. And um, 
It seems like everybody has their hand out at the same time all the time, and so it's, it's that is sometimes difficult to differentiate yourself. But one of my concerns about the not-for-profits and the charitable organizations in our community is that there's not enough collaboration in between between those organizations. And uh, Steve, one of the things you mentioned is that you uh, were meeting with the folks over at uh, Love Columbia, which I have a tremendous amount of respect yes. for because of their really their holistic approach to helping people who are down on their luck, uh, and really some accountability built into the program, which uh, I think a lot of people appreciate. It may not be very Christian, but that accountability is is something that uh, especially donors like to hear about. Um, sure. Talk about the collaboration you have with Love Columbia and, and any other organizations that you're currently working with. Yeah, Love Columbia has been very special. Uh, I visited with Jane Williams uh, when we first started mm-hmm. St. Raymond's to let her know that we were here. And uh, she's been a huge supporter of ours from day one and and they have referred clients to us they also do classes and certain things that we don't need to replicate you know no no reason to recreate the wheel so uh we it's a collaboration with them Mm -hmm. um and we stay in constant contact with love columbia Um, there are other organizations obviously the pregnancy help center we've been with Um, we just had a really unique opportunity fred on um, dealing with a new uh, nonprofit here in Columbia that just got started before COVID and um, it's called Caring Hearts and Hands. They will be purchasing our current home here in Columbia. Mm-hmm. They'll be an end of life facility. Yeah. And they will be offering that at no cost. So kind of a hospice house. A hospice house. Uh, palliative yeah, palliative care. care. Yeah. 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 We, we we uh have have labeled the campaign womb to tomb. Yeah. That's so. awesome. That's pretty that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but we, we're just really excited to partner with them. It's somebody else that's excited about life and the dignity of life and caring for people that need help. Who's leading that effort? Um, the person, our contact person is uh, Jackie Reed. Okay. And she has worked as a nurse and has worked with end of life care. Uh, in hospitals yeah. and is now bringing caring hearts and hands to, yeah. to Columbia. Pretty, it, it's it's amazing. It's it's amazing to think that Columbia, as sophisticated, as progressive as many charitable organizations that we have, we do not have a hospice house. Right. We do not have a place where people can go to die in dignity, and uh, it's really uh, pretty shocking. So the, good for you guys. There will for, be in January. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that, re- that really is. When do you expect to move into the Ronald McDonald House? Uh, we expect to move in next January, next 2023. Year. Okay. That's right. correct. Very good. All right. We are visiting with Mike Henches and Steve Smith. They are the co-founders of the St. Raymond Society. We've been talking a little bit about uh, their recent announcement that they were purchasing the Ronald McDonald House over on what, Portland Street? Lansing. Lansing Street mm-hmm. uh, uh, behind Columbia Regional Hospital. Oh, that shows that I'm an old-timer the old women's and children's hospital and uh, they'll be moving in 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 january with that 12 rooms is that correct 18 18. oh my gosh 18 rooms and uh uh and uh, then you have all kinds of other facilities we'll be keeping our home in jefferson city uh, so we'll be uh, having 22 bedrooms uh, starting next year pretty cool and and the ideal feels pretty repeatable for the most part yes okay absolutely all right we'll talk more about that after this break Uh, we are visiting with steve smith and mike inches with the st raymond society uh we'll continue our conversation uh, about the good work they're doing in our community and their plans for the future coming up in the third segment this is the ceo roundtable you're listening to hot talk 93.9 the e hey. 
car advice. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Mike Hentges and Steve Smith, the founders, co-founders of the St. Raymond Society. You know, I've heard the story before, but I think our listeners would enjoy hearing the story about how the St. Raymond Society got its name. Uh, Mike, you want to talk about that? Sure. Um, well, I guess once uh, Steve and I realized that this was going to um, come about, uh, Steve asked, well, what are we going to call this organization? And I said, well, I I want the people who taught me what love is uh, and the reason we're doing this to be represented in the title. So my father's name is Raymond. Mm. So I went and did a Google search on St. Raymond to see if there ever was one or if he ever did anything along these lines. Mm. And up pops the story of St. Raymond. Um, patron pa- saint? Uh, yeah, from our Catholic faith tradition. Uh, he is the patron saint of... Uh, unborn babies, newborn babies, and expectant mothers. Wow. So this, the story of St. Raymond uh, paralleled so much what we're doing where he spent his entire life trying to free people from uh, lives of captivity and certain doom, and we feel that we're doing that for not not only the baby, but the mother. Yeah. We, we take care of the mother, the baby's going to be fine. Sounds almost like a God thing. Kind of. <laughs> almost. almost. Yeah, I, I yeah. think so. That was yeah. kind of confirmation that... God said, if you just trust me on this, I yeah, got we're, it. We're kind of headed in the right direction yeah, here. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, what a great affirmation that is. So it's, yeah. uh, that's, that's good. We talked about the idea of replicating this. I mean, what, what is your vision for the long term? Steve, I'll start with you. What, what would you hope to see this saying 10 years from now? Well, Fred, that's kind of where I'm looking to uh, once I retire from my real job is mm-hmm. to, um, to join this effort uh, on a full-time basis. And we want to be able to replicate this across the country mm-hmm. um we have different models if uh if a small community wants to start and can't afford a house we've done that if yeah. uh, we can get into a community and start with four or five bedrooms we've done that and now we've got a large facility and we believe our program has evolved um to to a place where we really bring something to the table mm-hmm. that we can offer people as a setup you know yeah. this is the way that we do it this is what has worked for us and um, I, I've had calls from Arizona. I've had calls from Indianapolis. Now, we haven't pursued those because we're not quite ready to, to take on that. Yeah. But uh, we do. And we also uh, now have a board member who has relationships with um, uh, over 600 client or uh, pregnancy help centers around the country. So I think we could be as busy as we want to be. Yeah, that's, like it. that's for sure. You know, it, it it seems like in the product lifestyle, you guys are in a pretty sweet spot right now. But uh, looking back, um, and for people uh, in the listening audience who have thought about starting up something that that they're passionate about, what what, what have been the what have been the darker moments, the most challenging moments as you look back over the last uh, 10 years in trying to build something which has become successful? But, you know, you certainly had uh, um, you certainly had no certainty, no guarantee that it was going to be this successful. Right. Uh, what were the tougher things for you to overcome? I guess um, some tougher things would be finding the time to give it um, when you're you know, first starting out and, and you're doing this as a sideline project, um, we're, me and Steve were out talking to uh, community groups a lot in the evening. So it took understanding from our wives to, to give of that time that they would normally have with us to go out into the community. And 
and we found quickly if you give it the scraps uh, the, the scraps of your time God can multiply and do great things with um, but just I think how are we going to get all this stuff done it seemed a little overwhelming if you looked at the whole picture at once but if you just took one bite at a time and and went about it slow um, it worked that way so mm-hmm. so just not getting overwhelmed with the time commitment and the responsibilities um, that was probably the toughest thing in the beginning is how do we find the time to do this yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, i'd say uh, one of the things too when we went to the pregnancy help center here in columbia the first time to let them know what we were doing, they said, you guys really don't have any idea what you're doing, do you? <laughs> <laughs> they can tell right away. <laughs> we did not. But, um, you know, some of the tougher things, I think, because Mike and I both came from from loving, stable environments, was to hear the stories, mm-hmm. um, the trauma that a lot of these ladies come to us mm-hmm. with, and, um, and knowing just the hurt and how scared they are. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, we were ready for some tough cases, but I don't think we realized how truly, um, hard some of these decisions were made yeah. for these women. Um, and I think in the beginning it was Steve and I looking at each other thinking, what did we get ourselves into? Yeah. And I think God at the right time, uh, infused us with some tremendous women who joined our efforts, which, um, really helped us uh, identify with those those young ladies we were working with as well as give our program um, more of a backbone and structure and then the community just fueled it with their financial res- support so mm-hmm. um, everything that we've needed has been given right at the right time but in the beginning it was scary to uh, how how do we deal with this we don't know how to deal with this but we just met them where they're at walked a mile in their shoes and realized okay this recovery is not a flip of a switch and that's why our motto is kind of once you're in the st raymond's family you're in the st raymond's family for life we don't work with them a lot of people in the beginning ask us well how long do you work with them we work with them the rest of their life yeah. if, if we help them get on their feet and they're out in the world and they and life happens and they come back to us with a medical need or continuing education cost we want to be there and help them at that point too so we have worked with some of our ladies for five ten years mm-hmm. yeah are any stories of uh of women coming back uh after being clients coming back to help out have you um have you got a, an example of that steve we do it kind of uh on that example and also what mike just talked about we had a lady that has been basically with us for 10 years mm-hmm. um she moved in she had uh was six months off heroin uh had not she didn't have a GED, uh, did not have employment, uh, was a challenge. Yeah. Uh, and But over time, you could see her soften, and she really took control of her life. Um, while she was with us, she got her GED. She started a job. She moved out, but we stayed in contact with her. We have, long story short, we helped her through college, buying books and different things. She graduated with a double major. Wow. Uh, and has now completed her MBA. Oh. Married. Yeah. Working on, uh, on buying a home right now. And she has come back. Yeah. She has come back both to the house to work with the women. She has come back to uh, educate to help when we go do presentations to tell her story mm-hmm. um, and and we've just had another woman that we are are uh, giving a car to 
um, because transportation is so important. We have people donate cars. But we've given her uh, a vehicle, and she turned right around and said, when I move out, I'm going to get my own place. I'm going to get my own car, and I'm going to donate this one back. Wow. So nice. we are getting more and more of those stories yeah. of women coming back. And we, have, and we also have a, uh, an alumni program where we get together with the women a few times a year that have been through our program and give them opportunities to meet the women in the house. So some of those relationships are forming as well. Yeah. You know, I had coffee this morning with, with another guy who's involved in some charitable efforts in this community regarding housing. And, and I think that one of the things that we that people probably underestimate is you, you think about the uh, the barriers to being a productive member of society, but it's typically finding housing, affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's typically transportation, mm-hmm. uh, reliable, safe child care. And then economic opportunity within the community. And those those four barriers are often the things that really, you know, a lot of us have this attitude, oh, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I, You know, I had nothing when I started, you know what I mean? And so uh, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and, and you'll be fine. Right. Well, the, the truth of the matter is, I mean, I... Um, you know, my comrade here, Gary Nolan, always says, hey, wait, don't let the government come bail you out. You know, it, but I mean, I think there are a lot of barriers for people who try to pull themselves up and out of poverty. There is. Yes. And talk about what you've seen. Well, uh, specifically, just one of those things you mentioned was child care, mm-hmm. daycare. Not only the expense of it, but we are facing a, a crisis with just the availability of it, mm-hmm. um, especially within our community here. We work hand in hand with a, a a partner here in in Columbia, um, in on that front, and we're getting we're getting word that come next year it's going to be great that we have all these additional bedrooms, but your women might not be able to find daycare, mm-hmm. um, and so we're trying to get out in front of the, that to prevent that barrier because when they can't find daycare they're stuck they can't go to school they can't yeah. get a job so. We are actually looking and as excited as we are for the uh, the new home, which is going to provide you know more of that uh, our ability to increase our capacity. We are also looking to start our own in-house preschool, mm. which would provide that most needed resource and remove that obstacle because that has been a barrier for us for de- since day one. Mm-hmm. Even if we can find it, the, well, the cost a, of it. Uh, there's so many people. T- talking about giving lip service to early childhood education uh, and how critical that is to future success. And so you'll be able to address that. Uh, we will. Yeah. And not only be able to provide that resource for our own clients, but we're hoping to be able to open that up to the community, one, to, to give back to our community and, with this needed resource, as well as if we can you know, help that uh, operation fund our mission then we kind of eliminate some of those donation dollars that we need, and they can go to another organization. Yeah. I mean, if I'm a listener, I'm listening and I'm saying, hey, well, it sounds too good to be true. Uh, why would I ever move out of the, the St. Raymond's house? You know what I mean? Uh, because So do you have – are there issues with having to push people out of the nest sometimes? Sometimes, but more often than not, they're ready to go. Yeah, they're ready to go. Uh-huh. They, they, they – Again, they're not living in that home by themselves. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. <laughs> and, in, and in our Jeff City house, yeah. our first Jeff City house, we had four bedrooms and one bathroom for, oh. for four ladies yeah. and their kids. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we've remedied that. But they are living with other people, so there is that. And they do – so they do want to get out on their own. Yeah. Usually we have to talk them into, why don't you stay for another yeah. three or four months, uh. save up a little bit more before you – 
yeah. leave the nest. Okay, so let's uh, we, we've got about a minute and a half left. Let's talk a, a little bit about the future. What what's uh, we, we're going to start a, a development campaign maybe June or July uh, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. kind of help you get in a better financial position with this new responsibility of this much larger house, right? And yeah. for future growth, mm-hmm. uh, what else is on the docket for the future? For for the immediate future, we'll be adding staff members to mm-hmm. uh, be able to accommodate this the the new house that we're moving into. Um, once we get in, I, I think it's uh, looking at serving a wider radius. Right now, we pretty much focus in Columbia and Jeff City for our immediate needs. I think we're going to be able to increase that radius to Boonville, Moberly, Fulton, and be able to welcome in more. Um, we'll, 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 you know, we'll canvas the area and circle out as we need to. Um, so yeah. uh, that's kind of the immediate plans for here, and then uh, I think the future plans for what Steve was talking about of helping propagate other communities. Steve, 30 seconds. If yeah. somebody listening wants to donate or get involved as a volunteer, what, how can they contact you all? Uh, srshelp.org is our website. That would be the place to go to find out more about us, find out about um, phone numbers they can reach us. S is in St. R is in Raymond. Mm-hmm. S is in Society. Society. Help. H-E-L-P. Correct. Dot org. That's correct. All right. Very good. All right. Steve Smith. Mike Kinches, thank you all very much. Congratulations on your success. Wow, it's amazing to see two people take a dream and turn it into something pretty magnificent. Thank you for what you're doing for our community. Congratulations and best of luck uh, in the coming months. Thank, thank you, Fred. Fred. All right, this is Fred Perry. Uh, this has been another edition of the CEO Roundtable. We'll be back next weekend with another show. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the CEO Roundtable on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city. And I love it, yeah I love it